0: Because I'm the founder of the company, realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to The Church Boys Free Fall Q&A.
1: Did you see the Fox forum when Bernie Sanders, he was asked about abortion and he basically said there could never be a restriction ever up to nine months? Bernie? Bernie
2: Sanders' answer is the most... Ludicrous, absurd! <laughs> I can't believe it. Seriously, honestly, why I'm were honest.
1: people not outraged about? It.
2: That's that's because we live in a society where I am pro life, but I'm and I am staunchly with love. I'm not I'm not outside protesting a clinic. right. right. But I am so pro life that it permeates everything I do. It's my number one advocacy platform as an engagement of what I call prophetic activism, and and I my eyes swell up. I, now, all joking aside, my eyes swell up. And I get scared when people say there should be no limits. You're kidding me. An eight-month, right. nine-month, you're, you're about to kill a human being who's about to come out of the womb. And you have no no restrictions on abortion. And it, to me, it's the most tragic. It's mind-boggling. Sad. It's mind-boggling. I can't justify it. You, you're you're I mean, It makes absolutely no sense. That is That sort of rhetoric speaks to the most narcissistic, self-induced. Yeah. Anti-Imago Dei, anti-God, anti-human concept that, not Bernie Sanders now, but that sort if we extend the idea of that itself, yeah. in itself, that, that philosophy is the same sort of philosophy engaged by dictatorial and totalitarian regimes in the past 100 years that have resulted in the onslaught of millions. We dilute the value of human life. And that sort of rhetoric does not help the case to reverse that.
1: No, not at all. It, it, it's straight. It's almost, and I think most pro-choice people would reject that. Even I mean, I've talked to a lot of pro-choice people who would say, "No way." I mean, that's just too late.
2: Really, like, the vast majority of pro-choice people believe that abortion should be legal for the first three months. Right. Agreed. Uh, wor- and worst case yeah. scenario for the health of a mother, of course, you can extend that a little bit more. But the, the majority, and, and and that's all. That, that's all polling. That's not hyperbole. Right. Exactly. So do your due diligence. You know, seventy plus, close to eighty percent of pro choicers say. First three months, keep it first. If you would ask Americans, if you were to keep abortion, to keep it, would you? Here's the fair compromise: not that I believe in this. I believe from the moment of conception to the end of life, I'm pro-life. But you know, if you would compromise on abortion and limit it, what would be the maximum number of months? Three months.
1: Yeah, agreed. And those polls have been pretty consistent on that. Eighty percent
2: of Americans will sign off on three months. And Bernie Sanders says, "Yeah, come on, eight months." Nine months, it doesn't matter. If well, when come the born comes out of the womb. You know, you have the right to get rid of it. it it's
1: it's I, it's for insanity. It's insanity. And now both Hillary and and he have brought up this notion of the mother's life late. T- I understand if you're a pregnant five months, you you have cancer. Four months, you have cancer as a mother. That's a tough thing that the mother has to deal with. I'm not saying I agree. I don't agree with killing a life is killing a life always to me. Indeed. But but I, it's a different circumstance in saying the woman's life at eight months. Well. That's a false argument at eight months the woman's life. You know the baby many, has to come you know out. how many way.
2: actually that actually takes place in? I mean, that from medical research, the, the number of cases where there is a medical impetus, a reason, a justifiable medical reason, put the politics aside, for a, a late term abortion that is medically related, it's so de minimis that you could put it in the hand. It's all within the It's not it's just it's not a practical argument.
1: Nobody can seem to actually tell you though what conditions would require an abortion get well, in beca- no, eight months pregnant because say,
2: well, yeah, uh, okay, the
1: baby has yeah, to come yeah. out their way. Because even if that person is sick, we could
2: save the baby. Right, 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 right. So there's no justification. It's just There is never justification for a, a any sort of partial birth, God forbid, that's murder. And and abortion whatsoever. I mean, I have I have my own worldview. I mean, the life is a life, and it's sacred, and it's yeah, God. Absolutely. Uh, but but we, we live in a in an era where Hillary Clinton is actually using Planned Parenthood in her campaign
1: I speeches. I know. I know. And, and how, Obama started with that really too and, heavily.
2: And, and how now this is I, I have a problem with President Obama on that because, I I mean, I, you look, do you go back go back to CNN two thousand and eight? It was yours truly who asked him the abortion question, and so it was. If you look at the YouTube channel the video, and it's it was I you know I had the privilege of asking him at Messiah College. And that value summit in 2008 that we helped coordinate. Senator Obama, tell me about abortion. Where do you stand? And that's where he said it's a a moral tragedy. But but women have the right to choose. And and so I respected that. I was part of President Obama's abortion reduction task force. So President Obama in the beginning is not President Obama today.
1: Well, look, and gay marriage on a lot of things. He's not. He's not.
2: He's not the same. He's not the same. But for the Democratic Party to use Planned Parenthood as a... I want to speak to every single African-American, Latino, and Anglo-Christ follower who believes in biblical orthodoxy. How can we justify supporting anything, be it Republican or Democrat, anything that that in any way, form, or shape defends Planned Parenthood? How can you vote for any candidate? Because there were some Republicans, too, who did that, uh, very, very liberal Republicans. How can we justify supporting any political candidate that defends Planned Parenthood. I believe, respectfully, it is morally reprehensible. It is a contradiction to our commitment to Christ and Scripture. Any Christian who would support a candidate who defends Planned Parenthood really needs to seek Scripture, and I'm going to get preaching and pastoral here, and you could email me and hate me. You need You need <laughs> to repent. You need to repent, because there's culpability in what takes place in this nation as it pertains to the abortion industry if you dare support a candidate who supports Planned Parenthood. Republican or Democrat.
1: That was a good sermon. <laughs> no, and, and it's not a laughing matter. I I, I'm laughing in agreement because I think it's uh, I think it's a fascinating time that we've come to. And I've actually eaten up a lot of your time here. I know you have another no, interview. No, no, so no, I want to – I have to ask you about your book because I think the book Be Light, Shining God's Beauty, Truth, and Hope into a Darkened World is probably the most interesting title I've seen in a while because it's you – know, you talk about being light in this world where we are right now. Some of the things we're talking about – It does feel dark, so it's dark. And this book is actually what we just did, and
2: it's and it's it's necessarily to frame sort to contextualize what's taking place, right? To frame sort of the the optics of here's our reality. We're not denying truth, but I did that for so long, where all I did every day, I got I actually my wife looked at me and said, "Are you you know are you battling depression?" And I don't. I I went. I checked. There's no no depression. None in my history. And it's not me. We all fight off little bouts of, of, of moments, but. I got so involved in the darkness looking at the darkness the way this world's going around if you go to hell in a handbasket looking at my kids and and the the surroundings the culture the relativism the anti-Christian sort of pushback everything we hold near and dear it it seems to be right now jeopardized in peril and I focus too much on that and I really did believe I had a moment with God in my living room where he basically said Sam wherever you go I just want you to do the following tell them to be holy in the biblical sense not in the legalistic man's way but in a grace-filled Christ-centered way, there is still sin, and there is still morality, and there's still right and wrong. Tell them to be holy. Tell them to be one. Speak to my church and tell them to be one. The reason why this is happening it's also because there's so much fragmentation in my body. Everyone's so divided. And tell them to be light. And it's that pecking order. Be holy, be one, and be light. You can only be light if we're one, and we can only be one if we check ourselves from every bit of darkness. So this book, is a, it's literally a, a, a prescription on how to confront darkness personally, the, the darkness of, of unforgiveness, of hatred, of bitterness, of jealousy, of envy, of strife, of, of moments in our lives that cause us so much pain and angst and consternation of the things we struggle with and the struggle of Israel, and, and go through these areas, and then corporately. So this is, this is about, here it is, instead of cursing the darkness, condemning the darkness, whining about the darkness, why not turn on the light? This book will help you turn on the light and confront every bit of darkness in your personal life, but every bit of darkness in society and culture with truth and love. It's the removal of the Matthew chapter 5. You don't light a lamp and hide under a bowl. This book will help you remove the bowl. First, it helps you identify the bowl. You may not even be privy to the fact that there's a bowl hiding your life. And what are those bowls? You are what you tolerate. Uber tolerance is a bowl. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Complacency is a book. There is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. Comfortable faith, that's a book. That's something hiding your life. And I speak about sacrificing truth on the altar of political, cultural, and sexual expediency when you don't live up to the truth and advance the truth. And then I talk a little bit about our eschatology, which means while the church is waiting for Jesus to come down, Jesus is waiting for his church to stand up. So it's a clarion call. You know, let's be light. And it tells you how to do it. So it's not just a preacher's sermon thing. I use the properties, I that. I use the scientific properties of light from refraction, reflection, albedo, bioluminescent. I talk about the Milky Way. I talk about the Big Bang. I talk about the, the initial light. I mean, even right now, the Science Journal two weeks ago, the first thing that happens when the sperm hits the egg, there's a flash of light. Go figure. It, came, it comes out right when my book comes out. Perfect timing. So lovely. It all begins with light. And there's light in each and every one of us, and this book will help us
1: expose
2: that light because every single time light stands next to darkness, light always wins.
1: I love it. I love it. And this is what people need. And to the two dynamics, dealing with the self and then dealing with the broader culture, you kind of have to do the first before you can do the second almost, right? There's so many forces outside, but there's so much going on inside, too, for all of us. Yeah. that's great. We can't
2: confront outer darkness until we deal with the inner darkness first. This book does both end.
1: Okay, last question for you. Got it. Um, a little bit of a loaded question, but how, do, how should Christians be responding to, like, the bakers, the photographers, the, that whole religious freedom issue that's going on? What is the appropriate response? Because I think there's a lot of confusion.
2: I'm a truth with love guy. So I'm one, never sacrifice truth, but repudiate all vestiges of hatred. So, for example, I, I believe in the biblical definition of marriage, indeed. I do. But I likewise repudiate every single vestige of homophobia. I have gay people that attend my church. They're not involved in leadership, that kind of stuff, but they attend my church and they listen to the sermons and I, have, and we, and I love on them and I, re, and I would re, reject anyone who would there make them feel uncomfortable. I, I have, so I have gay family members, gay people that attend our churches, and I love them. And, and I love them. They're, they're beautiful people indeed. For example, the North Carolina law. They asked me, what would you do? Do you support the law? Well, I have, I, I have, I'm sorry. Call me whatever you want to call me. I have a problem with a forty-five-year-old, physiologically identified, medically labeled male stepping into a woman's restroom when a six-year-old girl is in the toilet. I think it's wrong. Am I wrong? I, I'm just so intolerant for believing that, that, <laughs> You're I, that a forty-five-year-old a guy <laughs> right. should right. not enter into a restroom where a six-year-old girl is present. And but he's not a guy. Well, if he, if he has a sexual organ that is medically identified as a male. Then, so you know, but here's what I likewise would say. Well, if Target wants to go that route, then for the transgender community, fine. Build a unisex restroom in every Target. Why not I have a family
1: restroom? Like right, every, every, Do really? that.
2: Do right. that. So that, that's how you, it's called the Supreme Court, right? Historically, there's this idea of what? Accommodation? And it really it resonated in the 1900s. The, 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 the idea of let's accommodate this need or this request. So, accommodation. Can we accommodate? You know, it's the question, initial question of law. Is there a way that we can accommodate without jeopardizing the law or the standards, the, the norms and the means, the mores? Well, yes. You accommodate. target accommodate. So it's not this either-or world. If there, if there is this transgender need as defined by government, if there is, and that's, the, that's government saying that, right? if there is a transgender community that has this need, and there are transgender people indeed, we can't deny that, people that believe that they're... Yeah, absolutely. Genuinely believe it. They they really believe it. Again, they really believe it. And that's why I also want Christians... We can't be Christians against transgender. That stuff has to end. Because we can't put ourselves against a group of people. We have to put ourselves in favor of the love of Christ and the truth of Christ and elevate it with the grace of Christ and the mercy of Christ. This thing about being opposed to other groups—that's not Jesus, man. <laughs> right. That's not what he did. Even with right. the woman, you know, the woman at the well, uh, the woman that was about to be stoned—that's not Zacchaeus. The, I mean, that's Matthew, the tax collector. That's not Jesus. It's not against a group of people, but you elevate truth with love. So right. I would say, let the, you know what government. If you're demanding for us to accommodate, then you and then you work with these and make, But don't ask me. To have my six-year-old daughter. Right. Because I will not do that.
1: Well, you're dealing with the rights of everybody and the rights of a group, but you're and you're that's challenging. Right. Right, you're, you're sacrificing my rights. You're taking away my, my right, rights. Right, My right, rights right.
2: to privacy,
1: yep. protection,
2: free speech. Now, from the pulpit, there are some little, you know, there it's beginning to percolate in certain state legislative bodies of hate speech, including any and all mentions of Romans chapter 1 of Scripture that addresses the issue. you got to be kidding me. So we're silencing. You're taking away my rights.
1: In well, you had the Houston it. thing, too, which yeah, is well, interesting. My, my right? pastors were involved in that. Two of them were in that
2: lawsuit. So it's, it's amazing. Billy, really, we're living in interesting times. But this thing of juxtaposing and creating a dichotomy between two worlds and saying it's you versus them? No, man. It's light versus darkness.
1: Should they make the cake? Would, would, do you think that the bakers should make the cake for a game couple?
2: I have my own opinion on that one. I have my own opinion about it. My opinion on that is would i make if i were a baker and would i make the cake and you, you would argue again the whole the, the quintessential you know would you make a cake for the swastika the right, nonsense, right, right, and all right, that right. if you're a jewish baker would you have to be would you obligated to create you know to right, make a right, right. cake with swastika i think if it contradicts your conscience and your moral convictions and, and and again, this is not equi- equivalent to race. God forbid,
1: you know. No, this is a, it's you know, not it's, the it's, same thing.
2: That, that, that's people do that. It's, it's you know, and, and that's not that's not that's not at all acceptable. But if it violates your, your conscience and you say here it is, I wouldn't. I, I I I personally would say. Here's my industry. I'm a baker. And if you're asking me to bake anything there are certain things that I can never sacrifice my conscience on, be it the swastika or being a biblical truth. So I will accommodate and say, I'm willing, you know what, if that's the case, I'm willing to help point somewhere else, do something else, uh, whatever it takes, and try to seek some sort of accommodation. I'll do the entire cake. You want to put, you know, that symbol of two men or two women on after you leave here. That's That's totally up to you. I just, I want you to respect me where I'm coming from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm coming from, and I'm, and, you know, I'm, whatever you, I'm not, it's just, try to accommodate. At the same time, my evangelistic pastoral self says, it's a great time for witness. Meaning, if you bake the cake, and you put on the same sex little sort of figurine on top, and, and you have to, maybe you want to, before you put it on, say, I want you to hear me out. I, I don't believe in this figurine. It's not who I am. But, you know, I respect you, but I disagree with you. Right. But I want you to right. know why I disagree with you. It's not because I hate you or don't believe in you. You're created in the image of God. You have great destiny. But here's what I believe and I want you to know that before I
1: put this big arena on. Yeah. And, and having that and, conversation. And, and, and
2: have that conversation and, and have a moment. It's a think. tough one. It's a tough one. It is tough. It's tough. It is tough. There's
1: it's tough. a difference between forcing a photographer to be at the it's wedding, tough. too, and be a part of it and, and a but service a cake, you did before. a cake is a cake. Right. A cake but, is but, a cake. But, but then you go
2: back to the swastika, though.
1: Do you ask that Jewish baker to, to do to create a cake, to bake a cake, and put a swastika on top? Or do you ask a lesbian print shop to print flyers for a church that are anti-gay like, marriage? Billy, that's my argument. If, there, if if it's good for the goose, you know, if, it's for everyone, right? So it
2: and I are, will they be willing to? If and if our if our government is going to require it, for us to accommodate, it's all across the board. There's equality the next great civil rights movement in america will be a christian civil rights movement demanding rights for christians and you're going to hear oh, yeah that's just silly absolutely not because we 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 likewise are americans and world uh, and these rights are likewise ours so yeah. don't yeah i want to have the right i want to be able to demand the same single bit of right that the that the other communities are demanding With integrity and with love, I won my rights.
1: Well, you're fine. I mean, you're finding Baker's one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars for. I mean, it's just that's a whole other element. But this is. We will have another conversation about this, and I appreciate you coming down today. This has been good. Thank you. And we live in interesting
2: times. But I appreciate this, and I still think that uh, light always wins.
1: And we will link out to your book as well. Thank Thank you. you.
0: because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents I trust.com.